that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Is this a personnel issue? Is I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his can't, part. You can't, you can't, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing on this Tuesday afternoon? Doing good, man. Um, it's glad your Wi-Fi is good now. <laughs> uh, but no, no, it's uh, that's why we've been we've been kind of struggling with Matt's aerial Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have a pretty packed show today. But no so worries. Much. We uh, I, I think it's kind of it kind of worked out because like there were some big things that happened before Friday's show, and then there were some big things over the weekend. So it's like it wouldn't be if we were recorded Friday, it would have instantly been like overrun by like more big news yes. and more results that happened. So I'm okay doing a big show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we missed Friday. So it's been one week and in one week in college basketball, the whole world can just kind of fall apart. And so here we are. Um, we'll get to the women's uh, later, um, but I want to start on the men's side. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, with... I, I was going to say, I'm going to let you, pop off for a second because you i remember after thursday that was that was kind of the positive about my wi-fi going out on friday is i didn't have to do this podcast the day after the unt law okay so so i'm gonna let you go off because i'm gonna take everybody back to the first week of the season and bruni brings out his shovel very early and he buries rice just done right this team's done this team gets embarrassed. Who was their first? Who was their first loss to? Pepperdine by forty, and then Pepperdine they lost by Tennessee by thirty-five. Yes, yes. So they lose two games by over thirty, and you are you are the the grave digger himself, ready to say Rice is done, Rice is over. You're done. We're not talking about him anymore. Mm-hmm. And to to be fair, you were pretty justified at that time, right? And yeah. based off of what we saw last season, we're like, okay, this is the same team. This is they're still not improving. Okay, what's going on here? Fast forward to fast forward to conference play. Let's just go to conference play in general. And they look pretty good, right? They're like, okay, they're not as bad as maybe we thought they would be. Now, now let's uh let's fast forward to a Thursday. UNT drops rice in I don't want to say embarrassing fashion because Rice has been proven to be pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. okay. I don't say pretty good, but pretty okay. Yeah. But UNT's always had their number. So I'll let you take it from here. Um, this team was dead and buried, and I think we can finally uh, exhume the body because they're pretty, they're pretty legit right now. <laughs> <laughs> exhume the body. Um, yeah, I'm just going through it. Last, It's funny because on the podcast uh, we did last time, I was like, do you think Rice will break 50? Because – 
last year in 2021, uh, they did not break 50. They played three times, and North Texas did not allow them to score over 50 points. Not only did Rice score over 50, they scored 72. And the more concerning stat to me from North Texas' perspective, who loses the game 72 to 60, is the 60. Because Rice, even though they have been better, quote-unquote, Rice ranks 258th in defense still. Like, they are an abysmal defensive team. There's there's no good defense to be found in there. And North Texas scored 60, and that game was just – it was very painful to watch um, on a day where Tyler Perry was okay. You know, he ends the game 6 of 15, so it's not great, but, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just got no help, no help at all from anybody. Kai Huntsbury, Abu – Tyree, Aaron Scott was was decent, I guess, with um, 11 points. No, eight points. I can't do math. Three points, I'm sorry. One of three. Um, I was just – I left that game saying, all right, North Texas continued to play at the slowest pace in the country, and now the defense is breaking down, and then you compound that with not being able to score against a team like Rice, and I'm like, what exactly are we doing here? Like, we know North Texas is going to be a very, very good regular season team. We know that they um, – I mean, they're still – at this time, they were still 6-3, and three, so there wasn't huge cause for concern. But Rice was catching them. They – with the loss, they dropped from the top of the pack to competing with FAU, and they went from that to being like, all right, now we're here with everybody else pretty much. Like, if you look at Conference USA – and North Texas bounced back and beat UAB, and UAB didn't have Jelly Walker. Um, and I expected kind of North Texas to bounce back well from that. So good for them. Mm-hmm. But it's FAU at 9-0, North Texas at 7-3, Middle Tennessee seven, uh, 6-3, and Rice 5-3, and and then everybody else is below them has five losses. So you now you're in that second group. And obviously North Texas has the expectations of being in that top group. North, North Texas is expected – at this point, to compete for a conference championship. And I just don't know how realistic that is at this moment. Watching them lose to Rice, who, like last year, they had their number, couldn't couldn't break 50. I think it just shows the difference in last year's team and this year's team. You don't have Thomas Bell, J.J. Murray spearheading that defense. And so there are times where the defense can be leaky. Like The defense can, at times, allow opposing guards to, to get hot on them. So um, that was my biggest concern is – they lose that game. You fall three games back at FAU. You're probably not going to catch FAU at this point in the year. Um, so you don't win the regular season title, and then you go into the tournament, and I'm like, I don't know if I can trust this team to win, what is it, three straight games over really solid teams. And Conference USA is good, but, uh, yeah, you can't be losing to Rice. Like UAB, maybe. I mean, you can lose two on the road, sure, but they lost the wrong game. You can't lose that home to Rice. You just can't. And you can't allow 72 points to Rice. So, that was my whole thing. I was very, very, very upset um, on that Thursday night and Friday morning. So now that I've had a few days to look back on it, still is a very bad loss, and I do have concerns moving forward. But you know, big picture, they're seven and three now in conference. You know, hopefully they can keep it going. But I am worried moving forward about these inconsistencies. Yeah, I think you know what did Rice Rice. I think the more concerning thing for me would be that. Rice didn't even have like the typical Rice game that we would think that would like warner this result, right? Where they go like 
15 of 28 from three or something, right? It was like more than three of seven. Look at their, their two-point percentage, though. Yeah, no, they, they were able to get inside. They were, able to, they were just able yeah. to get inside and get the Make shots they wanted. Throws. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't Travis Evie going off from three, right? He didn't make a three. Um, it was more just UNT not, like you mentioned, not having that as stingy of a defense um, as they've had in the past. And now you look at Rice, and sure, their defense is pretty bad, right? I'm not going to mince words there. Their their defense is not good, but offensively, they've become kind of the team we've expected them to be, and they haven't been. Right. They like past couple of years, we've saying this is an offensive team, but they're way too inconsistent. They're not shooting yeah. well. They don't, you know, and then co- compound that with the bad defense. It just kind of results in just like a sporadic team. They've leveled out a ton. They have the 22nd best uh, offense in terms of effective field goal percentage. They're still not shooting the three probably as well as they they should, but from two, they're 28, 21, uh, 21st in the country yeah. in two point percentage. So the bad, the bad defense is probably going to come back to bite them, but right now they're just able to get looks that, you know, that they haven't been. Um, I will say, I would be very curious to see how this fares against like, a an FAU, right. Or UAB or teams that can maybe capitalize on that offense a little, or that bad defense a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but regardless for now, I mean, pfft. They're, you know, they are what they are. They're five and three in conference, 14 and five um, overall. And they're, I mean, you know, Ken Palm has them in that top five. I think they're fourth right now in the race um, with FAU, of course, being kind of the the, the leader, far away leader. Um, but still, they're in that mix, right, with Middle Tennessee and North Texas now. And UAB like, kind of is behind them right now. So Yeah, UAB is, they, they, Jelly Walker's been hurt a little bit, but still, mm-hmm. um they still have been pretty disappointing uh, regardless. Um, yeah. I mentioned this. I remember I said this early in the season when they, when Rice was winning a few games against bad teams. I was like, okay, I, I still don't believe in Rice, but mm-hmm. there was a clear change to me in how they were playing basketball. Last In the Scott Perra era, this team has by far the best two-point percentage, like by far. Like you said, they ranked 21st in the country at 56% from two, mm-hmm. like Last year, um, they were 52% from two. And then you go back farther than that, they were like under 50%. They weren't weren't good from two. They were a three-point shooting team. Like, the shots had to go in. It's also the lowest three-point attempt rate of the Scott Perra era at yeah. Rice. They're, they are 109th in three-point attempt rate in the country, which is still pretty high. It's top third in the country. But it's not – if you go back, I think I looked at it. It was like, yeah, in 2020, they were third in the country in three-point attempt rate. 2021, they were eighth. Now they're 109th. Like, they're getting better looks. So the offense is more consistent. It's mm-hmm. it's less up and down to where the highs are high, the lows are lows. You're getting more consistency, and that's where you can give teams like North Texas a little bit of trouble. You're not just relying on the three-point shot like a Travis Easy and hoping – because that was easy for North Texas to shut down. Sure. There's a little bit more diversity to their offense. Um, it's the same team, but it, it's a little bit – um, it works a little bit better. Um, obviously, last year you had Carl Pierre, and I guess that it like worked but didn't work. Mm-hmm. And now you just go back to Evie and Olivari and Fiedler, and you're just like, all right, this is what we know. This is what we do. Fiedler at the high post, dishing it out, and them shooting. So, I mean, give them credit. And also, Max Fiedler is shooting 79% from two on yeah, 100. He's... he's 85 of 107 from two. That is 
that is absurd. <laughs> he's been <laughs> fantastic, yeah. <laughs> like that's and he's I mean that's only five per game or a little over five per game, but still mm-hmm. he's making like four out of five every single game from two. So that's a pretty nice shout out to Max Feeler. Might be the most improved two point percentage player in the country. There's our next award. That's a good that's a yeah, that's not actually not a bad uh last year from two. I feel like it couldn't have been that. He shot fifty six percent from two last Jeez, year. He's a tw- and that's still pretty good. Like that's a tw- almost twenty percent. Yeah, fifty six percent was still three hundred twenty six in the country. This year he's third in the country. <laughs> oh my god, that is nuts. Yeah, that is insane. There's his percentage at the rim. His percentage at the rim this year is almost seventy seven percent. And, and he's not an athletic. Stupid. He's not a super athletic dude either. That's the crazy right. Yeah, thing. he's not. Yeah, he's not like uh, 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 Zach Eady at Purdue, right? Yeah, like he's, he's not like he's, seven one. No. Right, his head's not right near the rim or something. No. Um, yeah. So anyways, we'll have to come up with an award. And the, the actually the interesting thing about so I'm looking at I'm looking on Hoop Math right now. The interesting thing about that is like he's only assisted on fifty eight percent of his shots at the rim. So it's not like it's not like Travis EV driving to the yeah, rim. You know, he's right there wide open, right? It's like a lot of like his own shots that he's generating, which is nuts. Um yeah, for those who haven't seen Rice, they literally give the ball to Max Fiedler at the high post and just kind of like run around him, which is what they've <laughs> right. done the last three years. His right. assist rate is thirty-three percent, um, which is thirty-six in the country. That's for a big, that's like the, the, he's Nikola Jokic out there right now. Right, right. right. He's Fieler, literally running right, that offense. There's our next award, the Nikola Jokic award. <laughs> Max Beeler is in the driver's seat for that. Yeah, he's one. averaging five, man, eleven points, eight rebounds, five assists as a well, forward slash center. Let me let me see let me see because this has always been their offense. Like it's always been yeah, their offense. Yeah. I feel like like last year was he was ninety six in the country at in the assist percentage. The year before that twenty seven percent. This year it's just gone up another level. So. Hey, if he's he's making twos, he's passing the ball. Max Fiedler um, is probably the most underrated player in the state at this point. I was about to say, like, let's like, I'm trying to. He might he might have a shot at all Texas, because like, what other big? Yeah, like what other big is doing what he's doing necessarily? You know, like it's a good we got. Question. I mean, Timmy Allen, I think is probably up there too. Obviously. Now, do but, we have center position or is it forwards? It's four, two forwards. Okay. I usually do three, three guards, two forwards. That, that's, so his numbers are better than Timmy Allen's right now. Yeah, you have Timmy Allen, Jarris Walker. Jarris um, Walker's a good one. I haven't seen his numbers. Baylor doesn't have anybody this year. I mean, we're oh. going to talk about Baylor. I'm, I love Baylor right now. His but. numbers are better than Jarris Walker's too. <laughs> that's Fiedler nuts, man. Max Fiedler would – Max like that would be nuts if you told me Max Fiedler uh, would Well, we'll talk about Eddie Lampkin too, hopefully. I haven't yeah. seen any Eddie Lampkin, Lampkin news, but throw him up there. Just guys like that. Man. Yeah. He's got a shot, man. He's got a shot. Interesting. All right. Uh, there's your Rice update that we haven't yeah. done in two months because I've stopped-ish from doing it. But um, yeah, there's there's that, and there's a conference USA update too. There's really nothing else on the conference USA side to right. really talk about. I think there's a bunch of teams at four and five. Uh, UTEP is four and five. Uh, Rice is five and three. UTSA is one and nine. Please, for the love of God, UTSA, please just end this. Just end <laughs> this. It's so bad. UTSA Everybody else awful. in the conference is competent, and I understand. Yeah. No, and the thing is, you're going to the American next year, like. 
it, it has to be. It has, think, to, it has to be done. I think his contract's up. I think. Has, I don't care if it's up. I don't care. Okay, Scott. <laughs> Jeff Trailer should donate to the fund. If there it needs to be a, a GoFundMe, you'll just see. Yeah, they start a GoFundMe and you just see J, J Trailer. There's $500,000. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> 500000 Let me see. I got to see. He signed an extension in 2018. No. It's done. Well, how long was that? They extension? are three and seven. No, I'm sorry. They're one and nine in conference. It will run through the 2023 24 season. So next year would be his last year. And so I feel nobody goes into their last. Nobody goes into the last year is what I'm saying. And so I yeah. feel like a decision's happening because you don't you extend him do and you don't never, nobody ever goes in their last year. So I feel like it's got to be it. It's, it's bad. It's awful. This embarrassing. Embarrassing. <laughs> Embarrassing. Uh, they play North Texas again. UTSA does on Thursday. So mostly. Yeah. Mm. What's the yeah. Ken Palm ranking right now? They were three twenty-seven in defense. Three forty-four. Okay, well they're three twenty-seven overall in Ken Palm. So <laughs> they might be. They might be the last, the worst team in terms of steal percentage defensively. Yeah, they are three sixty-third. Yeah. Oh my god! You know what's amazing? I don't know. A lot of things piss me off about this this whole situation. I just don't even want to. Jacob Germany is like, I came back for this. <laughs> Jacob Germany. Yeah, disgusting. All right. Um, moving on. Do you want to talk positive or negative? Which way, which direction do you want to go? Uh, screw it. Let's go negative. It's a cynical world. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right, Houston. Oh my goodness. We talked about it on the last podcast, and I know we literally had like talked about this exact thing: how the AAC sucks, except for Houston and Memphis. Yeah, and if they drop a game to a non-Memphis team, that's going to hurt their chances of getting a number one overall. Yep. And, and the uh, very next game, they drop to a non. Well, not, not the very next game because they. Beat oh, sorry, two, sorry. I remember I was going to go to the Tulane game. Yes, right. Little did I out. know the Tulane capacity is only four thousand because it's one of the oldest stadiums in the country. Right. So there was no way anybody was getting a ticket to that game if it's only 4,000 uh, seats. Um, so I didn't go. Houston wins by 20. That was on Tuesday. That was last, mm-hmm. you know, last Tuesday. And I was like, okay, cool. That's a good win. Uh, they come back on Sunday, play Temple at home. Temple's not a bad team. They were 5-2 and two in conference coming in, 113th in Ken Palm. But this is the difference here. You're playing in the American, okay, and mm-hmm. where Tulane's 90 in Kempom, Temple's 113, like SMU's 182, Cincinnati's 72, South Florida's 139. Like these are all teams in the range of being a competent team that could yeah. beat you. Right. But this is why te- uh, national people, national critics are going to be like, oh, you can't lose these games because Texas is going through the Big 12. You know, mm-hmm. um, UCLA, even though the Pac 12 is down, you're going through the Pac 12. Like, you, they're Kansas going, through, is going through the Big 12. Yeah, you know? Kansas is going through the Big 12. All these teams, like Xavier going through the Big East, you yeah. just can't, you don't, they don't have games like these for the most part. Like, they don't have a stretch of 182, 72, 139, 90, and 113 in Kempom. Like, that's five straight right. games. And so you should win those games. They lose to Temple 56 to 55. I watched the second half of this game. Um, I'm pretty concerned, but I obviously big picture. I think they're going to be fine. They're going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. They should beat UCF, even though that's on the road. Like that is a little concerning, but they should win Cincinnati, yes. Wichita state temple again, Tulsa SMU. Like there's not many losses in that. So big picture, they're probably going to end the year like 
Kim Palm has them at 28 and three, 16 mm-hmm. and two in conference. That's probably what they're going to do. So big picture, they're fine. But like at the same time, I do have some offensive concerns here. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, and that was going to be based on last year, right? We know the defense is going to be fine no matter who's out there more or less. Um, it was always going to be the offense. And the reason why we were kind of encouraged to start this year was that the offense looked great, right? Yes. They have Marcus Sasser who goes off of who everything goes through. Um, they have two multiple three, four ball handlers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have the inside guys with, with um, uh, Jairus Walker and Juwan Roberts. And so we thought, okay, cool. This is the, and then Reggie Cheney off the bench. And so it's like, okay, cool. This is the, this is the unit. This is, they're probably like eight or nine deep. They can shrink that to six or seven, right? If they need to. Um, and yeah, and, and the concern was what happens when that offense slows up a little bit and you have a team that you face a team that isn't going to, I mean, Temple didn't shoot well. They shot what? 20 something percent from two. And then like 30 something percent from three, a low thirties. It was an ugly ugly game. Yeah, it was an ugly game, but it was like, okay, eventually maybe those, that ugly game, you don't, you don't pull it out. Right. That's Mm -hmm. kind of how. Houston has been able to win those kind of games and against a temple who, you know, isn't great. They're fine. Right. They're not a, they're not a bad team by like the, the AAC isn't full of bad teams. They're just like, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> they're all like, okay. SMU yeah. might be bad, but like everybody else, <laughs> like everybody else is like, okay. Is that um, side tangent? Is SMU at the bottom of the, of the ACC? AAC? I haven't checked the standings. Uh, no, they are tied for second to last in the AAC right now. Uh, ACU, ECU, okay. and then Tulsa's last. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those three teams are probably bad, but like everybody else is like, okay. Right. And so you, your offense has a couple and we kind of saw it with the the final four team. Your offense has a couple games where they just aren't as crisp, right? And you leave yourself open to maybe a team that can just be good enough. And, you know, it, it sometimes does get hard to watch, right? It's it's It happens with a lot of these teams that are – it happens with a lot of these teams that are kind of defense, defensive-oriented, right? And then they kind of find ways to make the offense work. It happened with uh, the 2020 Baylor team, the one that before the year they won the title – it happens with it happens with Chris Beard's teams last year, uh, last Texas. season, I should say. Yep, in Texas, get going back to Tech, um, and it's just kind of like the unfortunate part is you can't have this type of game when you're trying to hunt for the number one overall seed, right? Now, luckily for them, Kansas also lost this past weekend. We can get to that. We'll get to that later. Um, but even then, Kansas lost to Baylor, and so yeah. it's like it's not like Kansas lost to and West TCU. Virginia. Or T- well, I mean, TCU or uh, um, TCU is good. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, regardless, what I'm saying no, is, no, yeah, they lost. Well, Kansas lost to TCU and Baylor. And Baylor, uh, right, right. So they yeah. lost two games. So, yeah. but regardless, what I'm saying is, even then, they could look at those two losses and say, okay, those are potentially two top ten teams, right? Yes. Um, now you now you kind of have to. Ken Palm still has them as number one, right? But the margin did shrink mm. between them and Tennessee. That number dropped. That number dropped significantly. It was at the adjusted uh, efficiency margin was at 32. Yes. Right. Now it's 29. So now it's less than one point, less than one point separating them from Tennessee, right? Uh, just over one or just over two separating them from Alabama. Um, UCLA is right there. Purdue. Uh, didn't Purdue get the AP top 20? Uh, didn't get the number one Yeah, spot? number one. Yeah, so yeah. – you know, now you got some ground to make up and you don't have the resume to kind of do that on your own. You're going to need some help now, 
right? You're going to need maybe Purdue to lose. You're going to need Alabama to maybe lose because um, your next toughest games are going to be those two Memphis games we talked about. The thing is, and while I still think they are one of the four best teams in the country probably, yep. mm-hmm. um, like I watched Tennessee play LSU. I mean, I watched Tennessee a lot this year. I think Houston's better than Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama is tough. I mean, Alabama obviously beat Houston at Houston. Um, you know, UCLA, Purdue, you can pick what you want from there. Uh, but the problem is the national perception of Houston is going to be slanted more towards the losses than the wins. Just because of the schedule you have, right? The loss to Alabama, if there is a tiebreaker situation of them getting a one seed, they will lose that. Um, Temple lost. Nobody on nobody in the national, I guarantee you half the AP voters, even though they probably have a subscription to Ken Palm, did not know Temple was in the top 113 of Ken Palm. Like they didn't right. know they ranked that, even that high. They probably thought right. it was lower. Um, same thing if you lose to like UCF. Nobody's going to know they're 54th in Kimpom. Like, that doesn't matter to people. So, these aren't na- – A, they're not name losses, and B, they're not even on television. Like, Kansas is losing on television at least. Like, they're 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 losing, but they lost on to a, in an overtime game to Kansas State. Like, they got run off the floor by TCU, but now everyone's like, damn, TCU is great. So, it's just – there's a lot of things compounding it. I think in order to get a one seed – you can only lose one game the rest of the way before the tournament, whether that is in the conference tournament, whether that's in the regular season, one game, you have one loss to play with. That's it for the rest of the way. If you want to get I, one seed, even then I don't fully, fully know. Right. Yeah. Like people have to realize like the bracket loves to nitpick these kind of resumes, right? Yeah. Like unless you are a Gonzaga that rolls through the West coast conference, right? It's yeah. hard to, come out of this and say, yeah, no, we earned a number one seed, right? And um, after with this kind of resume. And I should say, you know, I don't know how much they're going to take the, you know, the the fact that I think it was more the the last two shots Houston got were like really good looks, Dude, right? It was I, like they should have uh, won the game. I thought Mark oh, was yeah, no, Sasser took a great, it was a great drive yeah. and it was an incredible block. And then on the inbounds play to to was that Sasser too that had the inbound? I couldn't remember who had the touch. It was like a uh, Jamal Mark, I believe, was at the at the rim on the yeah yeah. End. And so it was like a touch, basically like a touch yeah. pass to like tap it into the rim. And again, near nearly went in. Um, but regardless, like it, I don't know, you know, that might play into how much their resumes looked at. But it's still like. Um, it's still like they they love to nitpick these kind of resumes when you don't play. One, when you don't play in a power conference, and then two, when you don't necessarily have a tough non-conference schedule that you took advantage of, um, which, of course, we can go back to their loss to Alabama. Um, but granted, I think if they do win out, and then I think they could split Memphis if one of those wins is like a convincing, yeah, pretty good – if they can probably double digits at home or something like that, I think they can maybe get that – get a couple back because um, I think – I think – what did we what did we mention? Uh their Q1 wins or their projected Q1 yeah, wins. Yeah, it's like St. Mary's uh, at Memphis counts as a Q1 win. And then yeah, Oregon, St. Mary's, Alabama, Virginia, UCF for their other games. So yeah. UCF, right? And so they have potentially two other Q1 games coming yeah. up. So, so if they win both those, sure, they probably get it. So yeah. Um obviously we'll we'll nitpick Houston. Um, but at the end yeah. of the day, it's like, do you think they're the best team in the country right now? Right. I don't. 
Right now, probably not. I'm also um, probably SEC biased because I think it's Alabama. I mean, probably I think it might be Alabama too. Um, like Alabama was terrifying to me. Yeah, they look really good. Um, I think I would at worst, I think they're probably third. Right. Yeah, I'm cool. Um, I, I I'm not high on Purdue personally. So. I'm not high. Yeah, I was about to say Purdue. I mean, their defense is a lot better than it has been in recent years. So like that's that's a big difference for them. They've been horrible on offense before this yeah. year, or defense, I should say, before this year. But um. Yeah, I probably wouldn't put them in second. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, all right, let's move on to the positive since Ish want to start negative. Uh, <laughs> Baylor has reeled off five straight wins. Has gone from zero and three in conference to five and three in conference. And honestly, if you just look at the schedule, it makes complete sense. You start off the conference with Iowa State, TCU, and Kansas State. Two of those losses being um, basically and one possession games. And then they beat Kansas last night on Monday by six at home in a game that they really were never going to lose. They were up like six to ten like the whole second half. And you're just like, okay, cool. This is under control. Um, But I just wanted to tell everybody that I am officially back on the Baylor bandwagon. Um, It was it was it was a rough road because I watched them lose by like 50 to Marquette and then start 0-3. And I was like, dang, we're going to have to sell everything about this team. Because the defense is still not good. It's 93rd in the country. It's not great. Um, but that's part of the reason why I think I love this team <laughs> because it's an <laughs> unconventional Scott Drew team. And yeah. they're just going to hope they can outscore people. And they outscored Kansas. And damn it, the offense is really, really good. It's second in the country. Jalen Bridges is starting to come around. I love Keontae George, obviously. You have Flagler, Cryer, cool. Langston Love starting to get a little bit better as the season goes on. And you just kind of fill in the pieces from there. And that's why I love this team. It's it's different. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with that. I think the, the the win against Kansas was really impressive to me because they made Kansas kind of play their game in terms of they chased, particularly their defense on Grady Dick. Uh, they chased him off the three-point line. He still finished with 20, 24, but they made him get points different ways than from the three-point mm-hmm. line. Um I thought they actually defended the three-point line very well against Kansas. And that was, you know, Jalen Wilson had to kind of really fish for threes. And, they, you know, of course, those it was it was basically just Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick. And yeah. everybody else was, like, taken out of the game. And so I think that that was one of their best, best defensive performances because it really narrowed it down to just two players. And the difference between this Baylor team and other – and like you mentioned with last year's and, and teams before, or I guess not just compared to last year – um, is that they have just options, options on offense, right? So many options on offense. It could be obviously LJ Cryer, Keontae George are going to get a lot of the, the highlights or the, the, the spotlight. But like you mentioned, Jalen Bridges coming up huge, 11 points. Um, Langston Love off the bench, 11 points. And they didn't shoot great from three. They shot a lot of them. They shot 30 almost. Yeah, geez, 30, 33s. Um, but they were just able to get looks and just generate shots and – stop Kansas enough to where, you know, they went, Baylor went on like multiple 9-0 runs and it was like Dalen Wilson needing to like snap a streak by himself to get Kansas back into it. Um, yeah. And I, I think this team's a lot of fun. They generate early shots too. There were so many, there were so many looks where Flagler would just step behind or like, it'd be like 25 seconds in the shot clock. And all of a sudden he's jacking a three with like somebody in his face. And it was like, okay, that's, it didn't always go in, right? But it was yeah. like I like that confidence, and I like when Baylor's playing like that. Um, and it, it, I like that they were able to 
get a win and kind of kind of validate that style of play. Last year, obviously, when LJ Cryer went down, like mm-hmm. the offense was just nowhere. Like they had no hope. This yeah. year, you not only have LJ Cryer, but you have Keontae George. And this is not going to be a super consistent team. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they – like I expect them to beat Arkansas at home. Like they should. I would be surprised if they lost that. But then I wouldn't be surprised, you know, you lose to Texas and let's just say they lose a game to like, I don't know, Oklahoma or something like that. Right. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. But doesn't this just have the feeling of a team that could get hot in the tournament? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, when I look at going into March, going into the tournament, I look at guard play and I look at potential three-point shooting, you know, explosiveness. And yeah. I think this team just has that. You And it has an NBA player on it, Keontae George, oh. right? That's what we talked about with Houston, right? It's like, all right, you have your system, and then what happens mm-hmm. when you plug in Jer- Jarris Walker? What happens when right. you plug in Keontae George? You have top 10 NBA picks on this team to where you don't have to rely on a, a Flagler and Cryer, Cryer being great every single game. And this isn't the same as last year where your NBA players were – you know, Kendall Brown and uh, Jeremy Sohan, who right. weren't scorers. This is Keontae George here, who has been inconsistent. He's not like he's shooting 44% from two and 35% from three. Like he's not a, doing it on a consistent basis yet. But when he does get hot, that's what this team could be. And I look at this team in a similar way that like of last year's North Carolina in this day. And I know that's easy because North Carolina made the, the championship last year, but like that North Carolina team has uber amounts of talent on it last year yeah. this year's team has has that if you're baylor so that's where i'm, I'm interested to see moving forward like i don't they're not going to win the big 12 Ken Palm has them at 10 to 8 in conference i think that's a little low maybe like 11 and 7 12 and 6 mm-hmm. so they're not going to win it but you know i think it's going to be interesting and i say they're not going to win it but like kansas state six and one texas five and two iowa state five and two kansas five and three baylor five and three you know, crazy the Big 12 is. It's just insane. Yeah. No, I, I think it's been – it's nuts. And, like, more – I, I feel like – I don't want to say they have the blueprint now, but, like, it was there's a little bit of Houston in there with this Baylor team, right, where it's, like, mm-hmm. you just put up a lot of shots. And because I think they out-rebounded Kansas 17 – yeah, 17 offensive boards to eight. And so it was, like, again, they didn't generate a lot of shots, but – or they didn't generate a, a lot of good looks, but they – shot the ball early, were able to rebound, and then they were also able to get to the line. And so I think that physicality really lended itself well. Um, and so I wonder if that maybe is a blueprint, right? Early offense, win the boards, and then get to the line. And if that could make up for maybe some sloppy defensive play, you know, that can – I don't know. I, I, I'm just – like you mentioned, I like this Baylor team. They're fun to watch. Um, in my opinion, more probably more fun than last year's team around this time. And um, like you mentioned, this is a this is a team that like is designed to do well in March. De- definitely more fun than last year's team at this point because LJ Cryer was out. I think at this point, or he had just I don't remember when he got out, but yeah, um, yeah. Last thing, uh, they this is the highest three point attempt rate of any Scott Drew Baylor team. Um, they're nineteenth in assist rate. Uh, like you said, they're 21st and free throw attempt rate. So the offense is clicking the defense. We'll worry about that later. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever they lose, it's because of the defense, but right. <laughs> so it's one of those, uh, those old things. Uh, anything else in the big 12 before we move on? Uh, you know, Texas uh... looks, looks all right. 
Yeah. Uh, nothing crazy there. Beat West Virginia. I watched a bit of that West Virginia game on the road. Yeah. Good win. TCU lost um, to West Virginia, which is a unfortunate loss, but then they go out and just beat the brakes <laughs> off Kansas. <laughs> On the road, you're just like yeah. Okay. They go out and just like absolutely dog walk Kansas. So, yeah, right, cool. <laughs> I will say I, I'm very. I mean that that loss to West Virginia stinks, but I'm really glad TCU is like looking like a legitimate team. And we'll see. I haven't seen any update on Eddie Lampkin, who got hurt in the Kansas game. He came back in. He came back in, um, but he was not 100 at all. Um, so I don't know. Well. Uh, I, it was, I think they said a high ankle sprain or something, or it was an ankle sprain. I don't know if it was a high ankle sprain or not, but um, let me see. Yeah. I think it's, he's uh, questionable. Twitter. He's questionable today for Oklahoma. We're recording on Tuesday. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll Ro- I just saw Ross Dane's tweet of saying he's yeah. questionable with an ankle. Um, and, but Michael Peavy's back. So we'll yeah, see. We'll That's see. good. Lampkins wasn't out, isn't out for an extended amount of time. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I'm very, very happy that. Texas, TCU, Baylor all look very, very good um, and very competent. Can't say the same about Texas Tech. I was just going to say, uh, if we wanted to end on a slightly negative note. No, it's it's bad. It's bad. Um, they just started off on the wrong foot, and they have not been able to get off the snide. So, um, yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like... I expected honestly expected them to be Kansas State just and I think that's obviously probably misled but I just expected them Well you expect them to good. turn it around right yeah. you just expected them to like okay let's fix it and then it just works and you know I don't know it, it this is what happens when you kind of base your whole offense around a team that or around a player that's going to come in like midway through the season <laughs> and you have to have him be 100% basically and he's I mean he, he is 100% but like he's this rust, right? That he hasn't played in a year. So it's like, Fardal's AMAC, we need you to score 15 points a game. And it's like, uh, he's, he's not going to do that right away in the in yeah. a tougher conference. Um, I, I just, I don't know. We we were very, we were skeptical of the Davion Harmon edition initially. And he's not the reason why they're mm-hmm. losing. But I, we tried to tell Texas Tech fans, like, this isn't, he's not the savior. He's not the point guard that's going to carry you in the Big 12. Like, it's just too tough of a conference for a guy like Davion Harmon here. And I, he's not being bad. He's not bad. Again, I don't think yeah, he's, he's bad. Okay. His, his assist rate's fine. But when, like, but, but when you look at like – three, but Right. When you look at their additions, he's he's like their second highest profile acquisition right behind yeah. AMAC. Yeah. Like, and it's like that's well, kind of – When you lose – Freshman. No, we didn't know about Pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you lose – when you lose, But when you lose uh, Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCuller, it's like, okay, Bryson well, you Edwards. need – Bryson Williams, like you, Bryson you Williams needed there. to like really replace uh, a lot of a lot of dudes. And Devion Harmon, while they needed a point guard, right? And he's like you said, he's done solid. He's not gonna replace those guys, especially when Fardoz was out as long as he was, right? That's a lot of pressure on him um, yeah. to basically say, "Hey, come back and replace Terrence Shannon," you know? Yeah, I mean Jalen Tyson as well. We knew was gonna be limited, like yeah. He's know. been fine. Like he's, you know, he's he's somebody who is going to be there theoretically multiple years. So I think he was he's somebody they were willing. You know, I think it was a good acquisition. But again, he's not. They needed more pieces, and they needed to to kind of be a little more aggressive than they were. And the big, yeah, the yeah. Big Twelve is way too brutal 
for I'm I'm sorry for, it's too brutal for Davion Harmon and Jalen Tyson to be your starting guards at this point and with Pop Isaacs like I like Pop Isaacs too it's like that's your backcourt there's no I don't care you have Fardaws and O'Banner even if they're playing at high levels those two you will, your ceiling is just far too low far too yeah low. all right um we can kind of race through the uh the rest of the men's side here because we've gone 40 minutes already so yeah. let's go um Sam Houston beat SFA. And Sam Houston remains the top ranked team. I don't I don't know why Ken Palm loves them so much. They're 73rd in well, Ken Palm. I mean, their, res- their resume was good. Their resume was good before they kind of the resume is, no, yeah, the resume is good. The Oklahoma and Utah wins were were awesome. But like look at the rest of their wins. Like SFA is by far yeah. the best win. They've lost to every other team. Obviously, since the Oklahoma and Utah games, they've mm-hmm. lost to every other team in the top 130 of Ken sure. Palm. Uh, that they played. SFA win was good though. That puts them up to four, four and three. Then they beat RGV uh, to get them to five and three. SFA uh, bound, uh, has now lost. Oh, they haven't played since that Thursday game. So they've lost two in a row. They're five and two now. I have RGV, so they'll probably win that. Um, I, I we talked about Sam on either the last podcast or the podcast before that, where I, I like their team. I like their roster construction. Uh, they have a big game against Seattle on Thursday. Seattle's seven and zero in conference, so we'll see if they really want to make a push at it. They're gonna to have to beat Seattle there, um, but yeah, I don't have anything new on Sam or SFA. We kind of talked nope. about them. Let's see. Um, what was the last one we ha- I had here? Uh, Lamar. Yeah, Lamar beat A and M. Well, it's kind of A and M Corpus Christi more so than Lamar because A and M Corpus Christi is kind of falling off uh, a little bit, and I wasn't expecting that to happen. Yeah, that's uh, a, yeah, that's a bad Lamar. loss for Corpus Christi, but congrats to Lamar. <laughs> Lamar. Lamar's like, what, third to last in the country in Kempom? So Hey, 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 they're fourth to last now. Sorry, right? sorry. Regardless, that's Ward a great win for them, yes. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, lost in Carnot Ward at home uh, after beating a Corpus Christi at home. Uh, a Corpus Christi then lost to Houston Christian, who was 352nd in Kempom. Uh not good. Let's check the let's check the standings of the Southland. Why don't we? Nickel State they are fourth. Louisiana is, has overtaken the top with Nichols, Southeastern, and Northwestern um, being up there, and then AM Corpus Christi being tied with uh, Commerce and Northwestern State at four and three, and Houston Christian at four and three. Mm-hmm. So there's your Southland update. Uh, All of a sudden, it's a race now because I'm a little get, disappointed. Yeah. First, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I'm not six. mad. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just dis- disappointed. First and fifth separated by, or sorry, first and sixth separated by one game. So this is going to be a one. This is going to be a race that comes down to the last game of the year. <laughs> I'm just looking at. I'm just reading box scores right now. Um, yeah. yeah, man, the offense should be better than this. I don't know. Isaac Mushila, two of six from the field in their last loss. Terry and Murdoch's four of ten. Jalen Jackson. It's like everybody on this team shoots like forty percent. Right. I think the the issue for them has been, at least for Corpus, last year they were able to kind of generate a lot of turnovers. They were able to their offense was whatever. Um, they definitely were a team that lived off turnovers and lived off defense. Yeah. Um, this year that defense is not. They're still turning. They're still getting turnovers, but they're just not generating uh, good like good defensive possessions teams are getting good looks against them and their offense hasn't caught up to make up for that um so they, they that's kind of dragging them back to the pack so 
Yeah, that's going to be... That's that's definitely a concern because you could always... Last year, you could rely on them just kind of being that kind of turnover-heavy team defensively, and they're still that, but teams are still finding ways to get get generate good looks. So, And also, I didn't realize they were they're last in... They're nearly last in the country in two-point percentage allowed. I didn't realize that. That's incredible. Yeah, the defense has fallen off quite a bit yeah. here. Um, let's jump to the women's side. Let's and I saw this on the ticker while I was watching LSU women's basketball. It's the first time Texas has not had a team ranked in the history of the AP poll. Which is if nuts. We need, a, we need a big panic button, and we just need to be – Jamming it, jamming it, because this has never happened before where no Texas team is ranked in the AP poll. Texas picked the worst time to lose. Texas picked the worst time to get upset by Texas Tech because they were literally right on the cusp of getting back into that. And then they lose to Texas Tech. Um, Yeah, that's a great, excellent stat, honestly. Just like like an excellent find, right? Like whoever figured that out, Props to you, because we were saying it. We we the whole season we we're like, yo, like Texas is the only gonna... like Baylor's the only team ranked. Like we we're just like, this is not good. Now none of them are ranked, and yeah. obviously like Texas has to be like, oh, you know, we didn't have Rory early in the season. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, Why did you lose? Still, to yeah, Texas no, I, yeah. Still, like it, it still is a. <sighs> and if you ask me, like Texas and like Texas, I haven't watched every single team in the country. No, but. Yeah, yeah. Is te- is this Texas team a top twenty five team in the country? I'd probably say yes. Yeah, but I watched the I watched the Texas Tech game. I watched a good I watched a good amount of it, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel as as easy as it does. Like the Iowa State game, it's like okay, that this team could be like great. This team could be mm-hmm. dominant. I think I said that on the podcast. Then you come back and lose to Texas Tech, and then you beat Baylor. And Baylor is like, we know they're good. But at the end of the day, Baylor's ceiling is just not as high as Texas is, is mm-hmm. or Iowa State's. So you win that game, cool, on the road. But if you're Texas, it feels like this is the time. Your time to hit your stride is running out. And you've shown flashes. You can be great. You can be bad. Um, I just thought Texas Tech was scoring the ball way too easily on them in that game. I was game. about to say, that was, that was definitely the big issue with that game. And so – and so your time to hit your stride here, we are at a month left before the conference tournaments start up pretty much. It's like, all right, when are they going to start rattling off games? And I, we just haven't really seen that yet. Yeah, I think one, I think this shows kind of how much of a tent pole Kim Mulkey was for the longest time, right? Because every year at Baylor, they were just going to be top 10, top five, right? And it was like that... I wonder how many of those years were just her keeping the state kind of really relevant. Um, Cause obviously before her, it was, um, it was Joni Conrad. And so like, you know, it would, they always had like these tent pole yeah. iconic coaches. And then of course, Gary Blair. And so like, it, it, even when one fell off, one was still kind of up there. And uh-huh. in a way it's kind of a turn, you know, it, 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 in a way it's kind of fitting because all of those programs have turned over, right? Like every single one of those has a new coach. Uh, now Gary, Bla- or not Gary, but Bla- now Vic Schaefer, who's only been in the state for a couple of years as a head coach. He's the, you know, he's the elder statesman almost yes. of, of what this, of what women's basketball is right now um, in the state. And 
Yeah, it's it just yeah, I, it's it's wild. Like it really is. It just feels wild. Like because we thought Texas, and like you mentioned, if if you asked us to pick the twenty five best teams in the country right now, Texas would be one of them. But their resume, even before before Rory got back, even when she got back, they didn't look great. And then obviously this loss, this team just hasn't looked like the dominant team that we wanted. I mean, Brianna Scott dropped nearly thirty on them. Shout right? out Brianna Scott. She's been. Awesome. She's the reason why Tech is like really holding on this year in terms of being like a sol- a solidly middle of the pack team in the in the Big Twelve. Probably punching yeah. towards that upper, probably punching towards into that little uh, uh, contender pack there. But regardless, they're fifteen and five. Yeah, she's been incredible. Um, but still, like we Texas is like Vic Schaefer in Texas last year and even the year before you were like, okay, yeah, there's no way nobody drops 30 on her, right? Nobody outside of, like, a Nalissa Smith yeah. drops 30 on Texas. And I, I don't know, man. They, what, did, what did Tech shoot? They shot 40% oh. of the floor. Yeah. They didn't even – they didn't turn the ball over that much. They turned the ball over 14 times, which is unusual as well. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's a concern because Texas was supposed to be that team kind of a step ahead of everybody this year. Um yeah. Because they have probably the best player in the state in Rory Harmon, and they had a bunch of good acquisitions. Baylor, of course, we knew lost lost two players that they were supposed to be big players for them. Um, and Anm's, of course, turning a new leaf, so like they were they they weren't going to be in the conversation. And so, yeah, it's it's just it's it's a symbol of like every one of those iconic programs just kind of turning over and becoming something different. And maybe that is a less dominant state as a whole. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, last thing I have here, um, Texas Tech got to line 30 times, made 22 yeah. free throws. Tech, Texas got to line six times, made two free throws. The Ooh. physicality aspect of Texas, and yeah. obviously I kind of mentioned this, I think, over the offseason. It's like losing Audrey Warren, losing some of those players that were just like physical and yeah. fit Vic Schaefer's style a little bit. You swap them what's out. The, what's for, the phrase the kids are using? They have that dog in them. Yeah, yeah. Those, those two Audrey Warren had that dog, dog in her. And I'm not saying, obviously, like, Shaley Gonzalez and Sonia Morris have a good amount of dog in them. But, like, it's just kind of different at this point. And I, I'm really high on Morris and Gonzalez as scorers. Hmm? But Vic Schaefer isn't that type of coach to where, like, it's, it's about the scoring. It's hmm. about – defense and now they're playing defense but they're fouling and Bramber Scott puts up 28 points on them and um I think Texas will be okay mm-hmm. but they're not as good as we thought or I thought they would be coming into the season yeah. even with Rory back because now Rory's been back for two months now or a month and a half at this point like there's no more excuses here so yeah like um, it, it definitely shows like I think they're st- they're still a good defensive team, right? They're just like last year. I think there's a difference between. I think where Audrey Warren players like Audrey Warren come into to come into value, is when you have like a, a, when you have a player out there whose job it is just to be that player, right? Yeah. Like Audrey Warren was a capable scorer, but you were like go defend, go rebound. That is what you were worried about for 35 minutes, or however long yeah. you're playing, right? They don't necessarily have that player this year to where that's their sole job is to make the offenses terrified, right? And it's it's kind of showing because yeah, sure they may be a more well-rounded team, but they're not the special. That specialist is kind of missing, and 
it results in a, you know, in a bring Amber Scott being able to go off for 30, 30, 28, you know? Um, so I don't know, like you said, they could still be fine, right? They could end on a good streak and, and still win the conference potential. Actually, I don't know. I haven't checked the standings. Um, but regardless, they could still end the year fine, right? Make a run in the yeah. tournament, but it, it is going to be, yeah, they're only third right now in, um, in the big 12. So they're only one game, half a game behind Oklahoma, I think. So, you know, they could still win the conference, but, it is like uh, this is a point in the year we're going to remember, right? Remember when all these teams run ranked. <laughs> uh, we can move on to our favorite team in the country, uh, Houston women's basketball. <laughs> they continue to rewrite. And I can't stress this enough how incredible it is that they continue to lose these games by one possession. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they we said on the last podcast they had South Florida or they had or whenever the podcast was they had Tulsa and South Florida two of the best teams in the conference coming up mm-hmm. and they lost to Tulsa by two lost to South Florida by two and then they played SMU at on the road lost by three Every, of the, they are now six and 13 on the season and only one of those 13 losses has come by double digits mm-hmm. um, most of them have come by one possession a few a few have happened in overtime three have been in overtime yeah so we're here houston is still the best six win team in the country but damn it <laughs> are they ever gonna get to like 10 wins this year i don't know the answer to that um but yeah that was that i had to shout them out because damn yeah I, I do not know um and they're losing they've probably but with this losing streak they've probably lost their shot at the tournament unless they win like the conference right make it like oh yeah their resume stinks now and oh, so yeah, like no, no. they needed to really it'd be similar to like it's, let's play the let's play the texas game where you pick the 25 best you pick the 68 best teams in the country right for the tournament i'm putting houston in there houston's in right you I'm would think but it's like houston's gonna end up fourth in the american like when all said and done i really right. think they probably finish fourth in the American. I think right. they get back on a little winning streak here. Sure, sure, you know, sure. Cincy, Tulane, uh, Memphis. But, like, but regardless, like if you pick the 68 best teams, right, you're probably picking Houston in there. And we can't justify picking them in the tournament because their losses have been so weird and frustrating because they've lost by one possession. They lose to – what was one game they lost that they got – like? they had like a bunch of point is you you've heard this podcast you've heard us talk about trust us these losses suck but this team's actually good they got drilled by kansas state that was one of them um and yeah it's just like should it be rice should it be uta it's like you they're just like right there on the cusp florida not gonna do it they're gonna go to this wbi or whatever it is um because yeah we i don't know it's they're like three years running as like the most frustrating team to watch (laughs) look Houston, I just want I just want anybody who supports Houston, maybe you lives in Houston, to know um, this bas- women's basketball team is good. Okay, don't good. don't don't be deceived. Okay, just yes, and they're if, six if you, and thirteen. But and if anybody from the Houston women, women's basketball po- uh, team is listening to this, just know that we know we, we know, know better than, better than your record, better than your record. I know that not what your record. It's frustrating says, for right? us to watch. It's got to be frustrating for them to go through because it's like yeah. we're so close to beating these teams. I can't cannot imagine that. Just you know, the old adage is "You are what your record says you are." It's a lie. It's, it's a, a lie. lie. With this Houston team, it is a lie. This team could be thirteen and six instead of six and thirteen right now. That's Very nuts. easily. Event like just based off statistics, right? 
<laughs> one possession games are supposed to be 50 50. Yeah. And they're losing all of them. Like TCU and football won all of those games this year. Yeah. Houston's the virtual opposite. They are losing all of these close games. Right. Like the only close game that they've won, well, two. They've won two close games. It was UTSA, which yes, was, the greatest we game knew that time. was going to be the game of the century. Yes. Um, and Tulane. Those are the only yeah. two. Everything else has been, they beat SMU already by 16. Right. Uh, they beat UCF by 40. They beat UMBC by four, by 20. Um, you know, be AM Commerce by 16. So it's just like whatever. It is what it is. But SMU, shout out to SMU as well for picking up a win. Uh, they needed that. Uh, they are now four and three in conference. Houston's three and three in conference. So yeah, we'll two see and five. I do. just did two and five in one possession games for, for Houston. <laughs> Damn, five of their 13 lost by one possession. Whew. That's so dumb. Tough. Tough. All right. Anything else? I think we covered everything. Uh, quick. Oh, AM. AM got a win. A&M oh, the women Georgia. got a win? They, yeah, they, they beat Georgia. Okay. They beat Joni Taylor's old team. Oh. Wow. Um, so, yeah, there's that. We should definitely shout that out because the season's going to be rough and, and it has been rough. So, 75 72 over Georgia um, at home. So, it was a good, good pickup for them. Um, it, I mean, eventually, that those type of. We know it's going to be a bad season. We know it's going to be a young yeah. team, all that stuff. But it, any type of win at this point is a is a is a win for the future. So good job them. They shot fifty eight percent from the floor, which is fantastic because uh, this team has not been good offensively. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, definitely a big one for them. Um, I think that was their first conference win. I'm pretty uh, sure it was. I'm almost positive yeah. it was. I think they were so, only seven. Yeah. So regardless. Um, um, they shot 36% as, as on the year as a team, and they shot 58 in this game. So, good stuff. And on the men's side, I am still not buying the a men. Sorry, they're 5-1. and one. They lost to Kentucky in the last game. Um, still not buying it, but we'll see. Maybe they prove me wrong. They got Auburn on the road next. Um, they, got a, they got a good stretch. This is, this is a tough stretch of the SEC for them now because Auburn, then they get a little break against Vanderbilt, and then Arkansas, Georgia, Auburn, LSU. Like – it, this is where it starts to pick up a little bit. They've gotten really the benefit of the draw early on. Yeah, like um, I'm just looking at like they beat Florida twice, which Florida should be embarrassed by that. But, but yeah, um, LSU, Missouri, South Carolina. It's your three other games isn't great, but again, right. they were five and zero, so they lost to Kentucky five and one now on the road. It's not a bad loss. Uh, we'll yeah. see how they do it against Auburn. Not sold on them still. Who knows? I've been wrong before, as we know with Rice. So who knows at this point? Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. There we go. Yeah. Our podcast. We did it, Ish. Good. Uh, good long good job. One. Bounce back. Um, but yeah, we appreciate y'all for joining us. Uh, leave us a like, comment, share, and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, leave us a five star rating and review on wherever you're listening: Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Send it to a friend if you uh, enjoyed the podcast. Uh, if you're listening at this point, then why not just send it to a friend? Um, and yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitters are at Matthew Bruni underscore and at Ishmael R Johnson. We appreciate y'all for joining us. We'll be back on Friday. We'll talk to y'all then.